breaking news. What's up, Joes, and welcome to episode 113 of the Average Joes MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan, Raphael Chidez with you, and guess what? He's back! Ryan Dempsey joining us this evening. What's up, buddy? Hey, yo. <laughs> hey, that's my line. What the hell, brother? What the hell, brother? What the hell, brother? Are you taking my lines, brother? <laughs> What's going oh, on, fellas? Uh, how you guys doing? Good. It's, good. it's been a minute. Good. It's good to have you back on. It's good to see your face. Yeah. That Lemmy mustache is fucking kicking ass. Lemmy is God. I'm just waiting for you to pick up a goddamn bass and start playing the Ace of Spades. Ace of Spades. <laughs> you don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> no one needs to hear that. I mean, let's face it. Lemmy wasn't a great singer. Yeah, I think you. I think you pull off a lemon. Jesus, face. Yeah, it's just gravel. It's just yeah. gravel. You just got to put some gravel in your voice. Yep, that's it. Uh, you already got the beard. <laughs> you already got the look down. All you need is gravel. Yeah, it's coming in now too. Another what? Three feet, and I'll be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're getting there. We're good. We're on our Not way. <laughs> We're just three friends having a conversation. Not the show friends, because no. fuck yeah, that we show. Friends. Fuck friends. I'm taking a hard stand. <laughs> Fuck friends. It's terrible. It's terrible. Seinfeld over friends. So fuck. Seinfeld shits on friends. See, I would... this one I can agree with. The other one I you were trying to divide the country with. What and the I league? Agree with that. The league yeah, versus I the office. Agree with that, bro. The country's already divided enough. Red oh. versus blue. You know. <laughs> and you know you throw that shit out there. Oh come on, man. The league. It's gonna be a disaster. The league. Riot. I go. I go to the British office. I like the I, British I, office. I I will take. I've tried the American office, and it's just it tried too much to be the American office, and didn't work. Or, you know sorry, what? You know what, Ryan? I'm going to forgive office, you, and it just it stretched it for too long. I'm going to forgive you for this one because you're Canadian, <laughs> but that's it. Uh, for me, <laughs> I would rather watch the British office over the the American version, but the league, man. <laughs> Well, I like all those to be fair, to be fair, you're a little bit too close to the border from from my liking. <laughs> <laughs> a Mexican complaining about the border. <laughs> oh, the irony! <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, but they're both. The, I, I I like them. I like them, but I I don't know. I I, I think I choose the office. Me. I don't, I don't hate on people for it. Now, if you choose friends, Ugh. and you don't have ovaries, mm-hmm. well, it's like Brendan Shub says, lose my number. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, people like can... I'm basically divorced now because my wife likes friends. I mean, that's where <laughs> I'm at. Like, <laughs> Seinfeld, she has no idea what we're talking about. Trip your friend, and she'll tell me the whole story arc. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, it's, uh, women, I get it, and that's a Grey's Anatomy. Like, I don't, I don't get it, but 
ladies do so cool but friends doesn't make fucking Gacy was okay in that show I watched I have I have probably watched no more than five episodes of Grey's Anatomy in my entire life (laughs) every single episode I have ever watched has been with a female that I was trying to get into her pants or was already getting into her pants anyway yeah, I've seen some questionable stuff, but not great. I haven't been forced to watch great any episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, my ex-girlfriend. What, is she like a doctor or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Catherine Heigl was hot. I've never, I've never, like, Kara, I got lucky. Kara always watched her show when I was at work, so I never had to bother watching it. Lucky. And she knew I wasn't going to care for it, so she never talked to me about it, so it was all good. I didn't really have to ever talk about it, but I've had to watch a couple of episodes. Mostly because I'm like thinking in my head, well, if I suffer through this, I can probably at least parlay this to a blowjob. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> at minimum. So, you know, motivational factors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pay attention. I couldn't tell you what the fuck happened in any of those episodes that I've watched. But I had to figure out if the doctor was in love with another doctor who may or may not have been cheating with another doctor and a patient died. I guarantee you that's probably like 90% of the shows. It's just doctors banging each other and people dying. Yeah. I, I'd just rather watch Scrubs then. Yeah, Scrubs. Oh, is Scrubs. I, love See, I, Scrubs. I, I love Scrubs, but it like sometimes I don't want to be sad. I don't want to leave the episode on a sad note. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, a lot of times, you leave it on a sad note, and I'm like, God damn it. There's a lot of shows that I can't, I don't want to watch because of that. Like, I don't want to be bummed out. I like Scrubs, though, and I, I, watch it, I watched it a lot. I just don't watch it a lot anymore because I'm like, I don't want to be sad. Scrubs was okay. That was another yeah, show that, that I... Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Maybe, like, you know, I was going to say, like, for Scrubs, I, I missed the entire thing, and I was just looking for something on Netflix one day to watch. And so I had the, uh, the uh, nice... The niceness of being able just to binge it, so there was never an like when the episode ended happy. I was like, All right, I'm good for the night. It's in the morning, but I'm happy. Right, <laughs> right. Not bed ball sad. No, Scrubs was a show I started watching again because of a female. Yeah. I'll tell you honestly. Um, I mean Saturday Night Live excluded. I would say probably Seinfeld is the only NBC show like I really ever have watched the entire series of and liked all the up ep- like not a, I mean there's some Seinfeld episodes I don't like but you know what I mean like enjoyed and got into like I don't really like I've never really gotten into Parks and Rec uh Ron Swanson's cool um never really what was the one with i like parks and rec 30 rack or 30 rock never really fucking did anything for me episodes i've watched sporadic episodes of like frazier cheers cheers well cheers when i was a kid yeah but i'm it it wasn't something i i watched all the time and i've here's here's the thing with frazier was it that I liked Frasier, or was it that it bled in after Seinfeld? Seinfeld that's the other part of it. That's it, yeah. I, I watched Frasier more in syndication, um, but same thing. It was usually on after Seinfeld and syndication, so. Yeah. Um, no, I don't no, know. It's funny. The one show that actually always ends on like a sad note that I'm highly addicted to right now 
This Is Us. And I crapped on that show the entire first season and half the second season. And I watched after the Super Bowl and I went back and started watching it. And like, the show's got some rating. Who are yeah. you? Who are yeah. you? I don't even know you anymore. What, what was the show? This is us. You, you yeah. You're not watching. That is. You're not watching fights anymore, and you're fucking watching. This is us. Who are you? I get like forty minutes a night when Connor falls asleep. <laughs> That's like I just throw it on Netflix. It's quiet. It's good. I'm in. I'm hooked. <laughs> and I crap on that show hard for a year and a half. <laughs> Who are you? I don't even know you anymore. And for the record, I can blame not watching fights on two things. One, TSN. It wasn't great. And yeah, the Olympics and TSN have just been like, like the Olympics on five different stations. And then when the Olympics aren't on it, they're showing curling now. And again, I love curling, but five stations, come on. Like five stations. Right. At least ESPN is like the port test to sort of a soccer game when everyone else is watching basketball. At least you get the World Cup this summer. Hell Yeah. Viva la France. I got to pick a country to root for because it sure as shit ain't going to be the U.S. Probably the English. I always root for U.S.-Mexico, but since they eliminate themselves, let's go Mexico. Yeah. I'll probably root for the English. Why? You can jump on Mexico. Jump on Mexico. I'm English, bro. Hmm? I'm I'm going to go for Mexico just because, you know, Raph is an average Joe and so are we, so we should support Mexico. Boom. See? (laughs) Plus, imagine Trump's head exploding at Mexico wins the World Cup. Like, it was in with America. all our tainted meat. If it was in America, he, it might happen. He was had hey, one explode, but we're winning that. We're winning that gold with all our tainted meat. Watch. Yeah, that's right. They're going to use the uh, the canelo. Uh, it was the meat. Yeah, yeah, that's it. No, I think I think that that's what happened with like in 2010 or somewhere around there. Some Mexican soccer players tested positive for some steroids, and I think it came out that it was the meat. They've had problems like this before. So yeah, they, apparently there's a big issue with the Mexican meat. Like, yeah, that's what. We, <laughs> that's what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Or two years ago, he goes, "I had some meat when I was fighting in Mexico, and that was probably why I popped." And everyone laughed at him. Who said that? Tell the truth. I forget who it was, but it was a guy. Uh, it was one of the, the first shows that I was on. So God, I mean, like September 2016, a, a fighter popped after a Mexico fight and. He made no he was a Mexican fighter and he blamed the meat. Wasn't it Brandon, Brandon Moreno? Moreno? Yep, yep, Brandon Moreno. Sorry, Moreno. Yeah, Brandon Moreno. And someone else, some other Mexican fighter. Yeah, there well. was two there was two oh, guys. They were both exonerated by Usada. Moreno came in twenty seventeen or end of twenty sixteen. So it was it, it was, was the a, other one um God damn it. We ju- we just literally just talked about this on Tuesday. because um, we were reading uh, talking about trip or Canelo and those two came up but i can't remember who the other fighter was i just remember it, it, Marina Moreno. and so he said he said he blamed the meat and everyone laughed at him and what? now they're everyone's saying no it actually is the meat in yeah. mexico is tainted. yeah it's like a diuretic he, he ended, ended up getting the cows that fighter ended up getting exonerated yeah so yeah so did Moreno. he still got a suspension but it was a very short suspension it was like six months retroactive i think yeah and and apparently the the fight's still on with canelo and triple g Oh, I, don't, I, I don't know what that's... Too, that's I said that too much money. Too much money to be made for that fight to not take place. Too much money. 100%. 100%. They will find... They will find even if he... They, 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 
you could have CNN walking into the locker room and he's getting shot in the ass. It was the main, like, okay, yep, yep, yep. They, they won't do whatever it takes to get that fight going. Hey, Canelo just wants to put on Big Drama Show. All right, that's all he wants. Yeah, sure. And I mean, and it's definitely like, I mean, the only way this is going to, like, it actually won't even hurt the fight because, like, if, if Canelo wins, then Triple G can come out and be like, well, look, he was on steroids. I want a third fight. We had a draw. He cheated. Where's the third fight? There's more people through sales. And if Triple G wins and he says, I beat him when he was a cheater, if he wants a third fight, do it clean. There's your third. That could be it right there. Yeah, so one way or another, this is just going to sell a third fight at the end of the day. I mean, no matter what, there was going to be a third fight. I mean, the first yeah. one was a draw, so somebody's got to lose. There's got to be a rematch to fucking... This one was a shit show. There wasn't a draw. <laughs> I didn't spend the money on the fight, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I watched it the day after. I'm, dude, that fight was a good fight, but the decision was bad. That yeah. That decision... Overshadows that fight so bad because they had such a good boxing match. Adelaide Bird, baby. I was gonna say I don't know if I haven't heard your show from Tuesday yet, but uh, I don't know if you guys talked about the Joe Rogan Adelaide Bird. No, nah, we didn't really bring yeah. it up. We were too stoned. I was super high on Tuesday. I ate <laughs> yeah, brownies yeah. before the show. The show yes. the week before that we lost. I was super stoned. Raphael was so fucking baked. He was just sitting there staring <laughs> off into the distance. <laughs> I, I switched weeds because I, I started buying ounces, so it was a new strain after an ounce. So after two weeks, and I was like, uh, this, I know, and I picked up that day. <laughs> this fool was so high. Like, <laughs> the brownies didn't kick in. I texted Raphael when I ate them. It was like about quarter after seven right before I got in the shower. And I was like, yo, I just took some brownies. It's going to get fucking weird tonight. And we we sat and talked for I don't know, like a half hour or so before we even started recording. And they didn't I kick. I wish you could smell these nugs. They're Dude, those nugs are nice. fucking beautiful. Yeah. Is that that lavender sour still? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you hopefully that's still around when I come down. Or well, I'm I'm going to run out of it. Well, I know you're going to run out of it. I mean. <laughs> she's she's going to run out of it, too. Well, I'm at, well, I should have said back around. Yeah. Hopefully that's, she's got some good shit when you come around. That's what I, well, I'm, you know I'm bringing some shit with me. Oh, we. Um, but yeah, as soon as I like we started recording and I started smoking the bowl, the fucking brownies kicked in. I was just like, oh shit. Uh-oh. Stuck. Stuck. <laughs> By the time we were done, I was so fucking just ripped out of my head. And then we did like two hours. Yeah, dude. Then we we did, did like two hours. We did two like, hours. Oh. We did two hours the night that the one we lost too, because we you and I bullshitted for forty five minutes of just going down rabbit holes. Of but then I, but then my dumbass has been trying to break down the fight super high, like technically break them down and give my perspective on them. So we can, we go pretty long. <laughs> yeah. No, you've been doing a good job. It's it's good getting the fucking like actual perspective on. Uh, breaking down striking and shit. I don't. I know how to throw punches. I know how to punch people in the face. I don't know how to do it when the other person knows how to punch people in the face real well. Yeah. When you that, close that, your eyes, duck your head, and swing and hope for the best. I that, can, that's why people don't appreciate Mayweather because his his defense. <laughs> I mean, I understand. I understand it, mm-hmm. but like you know, you understand the nuances. Like you, you've done it. You've trained it. It's like I can break down fucking grappling and wrestling. 
Like, we could throw on a wrestling match, and I can fucking break it down for you move by move perfectly of what's going on and go into detail off of a goddamn single leg shot. Yep. But I love what guys, guys like Jimmy Smith and, uh, and Joe Rogan. <clears throat> like, I can listen to, like, you know, John Anik, DC, Goldberg, whoever. Uh, but it's when you have the guy who actually like will say like, well, no, what he's going to do is switch this and switch that and boom, boom. Like, and you see the grappling move and that they, and it's like 45 seconds before he does it. Cause they know what it's going to take to get the next position. Like I, the color encounter is all nice, but when you get the, the, uh, the analyst that's breaking it down as the fight's happening and then you see it happen, just like that's where you get the true appreciation. For me. I think DC does a good job of that. He's getting much better. Like I know you didn't, you didn't get the pay per view. I thought he was doing a good job of, of that exact thing, um, the on other the night 220. on two twenty two and the week before when it was just him and John Anik, uh doing yeah, the, the Emmett card. The Emmett card, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I actually, that was the like I've come around on DC a lot with his commentary. I wasn't been with uh, with him and Cruz back when Goldberg left. Cruz but fucking. DC, I, I think because I was such a fan of Goldberg and Rogan's that duo, it took me a while to come around. But DC, uh, Rogan and DC Anik. work, and they DC do. and Anik. Yeah, but and, the and thing Dominic, is, uh, Dominic kind of with with anybody at any time, he'll kind of just he's confrontational. Dominic is a yeah. dick, and he's super confrontational. I can't stand him. He cuts off whoever he's doing the color for the 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 yeah. or the. Uh, whoever's doing the color, the play-by-play, he will cut him off constantly. And the, the, the thing is with Rogan, he knows how to kind of Aikido it, like uh, kind of like uh, great, take it and do it <laughs> his own. But like these guys, kind of just like, oh yeah, Dominic, uh, let's uh, do it, and then they move on to something else. They gotta like they gotta transition right away and think of something else to come up with because. Dominic's being a little bit aggressive, but and Rogan kind of promised like, 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 and he's good at it, which is the like, like Dominic's really good, but he's just not good on the mic. Yeah, I, he's, well, he's just advising, a... but he's just not good on the mic, which is like, <clears throat> but I mean, if he was with someone on a consistent basis, maybe he would be able to kind of figure it out better. But I think he's so up and down because he was on the mic and he's training for a camp and he's on the mic and he's not doing a car. Like, he, he, they don't. They're tossing him around at random points. So I feel like, uh, who's it? Was it Felder that was getting a lot of the commentary? Yeah, <clears> I <throat> think I think Paul's been coming around too, doing a good job. He's yeah, getting he, better. He, he, like, I find I find him easier to listen to than Dom, even though Dom is better technical at what he's watching and, and talking about. Here you go with Dom. Dom is great in studio. As an in-studio analyst and stuff like that with the pre-fight yeah. and post-fight show, Dom's, Dom's okay because there's balance. There's more people that will co- be confrontational with him, like Bisbing and stuff like that, where he's very annoying and overbearing and an asshole as a commentator, it, calling the action. He, he, okay, should, yeah, he shouldn't could, be yeah. there. He, he's very good at, at the analytical part of it, analyzing breaking down and stuff like that like i mean he's a super smart fighter so he understands what's going on but sometimes articulating it in a way that he's not a fucking dick on the way he treats the other guys that he's working with it just bothers me and i don't like him being on there 
Felder, I think, is is got a very good personality, and he's smart. He's a fighter's guy. He knows the shit. They just keep sticking him with that fucking jackass that I can't ever even remember his name. Yeah, because it's some random guy that yeah, they, they just, talked just, about. They just threw him in there one Just day. one dude that just showed up at a fight card a you couple months ago. You know what? I think ago. he might be from the contender from the contender series. That's not not uh, not Grisham does the uh, WWF guy. He does the um, interviews, right? Grisham's done a couple. He's done some fights, but he hasn't in a while. Yeah, I think he only did one, didn't he? One event. I don't know, one or two. I'm but yeah, Grisham has done a lot. This this guy might be from the Contender series. I don't know. I don't know either. You know who I really like is uh, Dan Hardy. Oh, Dan Hardy is awesome. Me. No, he pissed at me as a fighter, but like on the mic, all of a sudden, like I, wa- I go back, I want to watch his fights now because I respect him so much more now that he's on the mic. That's because that's because he didn't get he didn't get along with George, and he always went after George. Actually, that George St. Pierre fight was where I, like I started to notice him more as a fighter. That one in the Carlos Condit fight. The Carlos he's got great breakdowns. Yeah, Dan's got great breakdowns. Dan's no, a really no. good, really good at, at calling fights and breaking down shit. He's a great analyst. I just the he's only one. He's like the, just like he got almost got lucky that he had that that hurt issue because it almost saved him from getting like possible extra damage and allowed him a second career opportunity and he's excelling at it uh, in ways I don't think a lot of people expected him to. No, when he was the outlaw, like when he was an outlaw, like he even said like he was the outlaw in the camp because the trainers couldn't stand him, and so he was he wasn't like in his original camps when he was coming up. Then he was. Fans couldn't get behind him because he was British fighting in America. And all of a sudden, he becomes this analyst, and everyone's like, this fucking guy's awesome. But, like, he kind of got, like, a, like a second wind and it worked in his favor big time. You know who else is really good as, that's a fighter? It's Frank Mir. I haven't heard Frank Mir yet. No? <laughs> oh, man, Frank used to call WEC fights. Yeah, do you remember why he got pulled off? Vaguely, but remind me. Uh, he got pulled off because he said he wanted to kill Brock Lesnar. That's right. That's <laughs> and right. They're, they're like, you know what? You're out of here. You're out of here, bro. You can't do that. <laughs> like the whole time Frank was out injured, he was doing play-by-play in the WEC. Because it was on Spike. I remember he was on on the, the WEC cars, but I didn't, I, don't think I, I didn't watch all the WEC. Mm. So I didn't to see him. Like I saw like occasional WCs, but it was more near the end when he was back in UFC. So. Okay. No, he was dude, Frank's really good as a as a commentator and analyst. Oh yeah. But it was just yeah, I remember him saying now that you he said that. What's that? You guys heard Big John have like the referees uh, standpoint? I haven't I haven't gotten a chance to watch any Bellator because um I don't get Paramount Network. I saw the first one. It was okay. I wouldn't say it was I'd give him a B minus, maybe, maybe C plus. Leaning in that direction, <clears throat> but it was his first time. See, I like because like, with Rogan and Goldberg, you had like the play-by-play, you had the color, you had the the guy who knew what was going on, blah blah blah. Now they're kind of moving into the fighters, so they kind of have the insight. But with the referees' point of view, I really enjoyed watching uh, the Mitrione and Roy Nelson fight because he was breaking down the ten-eight round and the third round and why it should be this, why it should be that, and so that kind of because. You're so used to the 10-9 rounds in MMA, right. even though 10-8 are becoming a thing. So to hear a, ref, uh, a referee actually say, well, here's what I would 
judge it as because of this and that, and here's why it should be this and should be that, which I don't think you hear enough of uh, when you watch a pay-per-view or any card for that matter. They just talk about what's going on and that's about it. They don't explain it should be a 10-8 because he's not getting out, he's getting damaged, he's doing this, doing that. He gets out, but not fully, and blah, 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 and all the, and all the other aspects. So I actually, the little bits I've heard of John McCarthy, I really, uh, really enjoyed Oh, he's definitely going to get better, and I think uh, he's going to come in handy in those aspects. Cause there's a lot of confusion in the in the UFC, even with the the, the with like Joe Rogan and shit. He get he confuses the rules all the time, and and because the rules change from fucking state commission right. to state commission to state commission. It just depends on what, yeah. what fucking state you're in. Yeah, you know. state to state, country to country, and then the, even like like the. I think uh, who was it? Uh, Tim Means and uh, Oliveira, yeah, and they were fighting yeah. that illegal knee. Oh, like, it's not illegal. And and he he said he bumped into Big John. He goes, "No, it's this is the actual one." Drone was like, "Oh, I completely thought it was this." So like, the referee like has to know these things, so they really focus on it. Whereas the commentator just hears a specific rule change and looks at it at a different point of view. So Joe Rogan. Being the professional that he is, should definitely be, take John McCarthy's refereeing course. Him being a commentator, I don't know if he has. I know he knows jujitsu. I know he's a black belt. I know he's a badass black belt in taekwondo, and he's won national championships. But there's also things to look for as a referee that you should be looking for, and especially if you don't know the rule set down to the T. Being the commentator, I think he's well. He's probably on his way out, like on his own, like on his own doing. Yeah, I think he's, he's looking at like maybe like six shows a year kind of thing coming yeah. up soon. That's I, I feel he'll be doing like a couple of big shows, and I'll be it. Yeah, but I think that would have benefited him from like having those those blurps on on air where like he kind of just makes a mistake on the rules. Well, that Tim Means thing too, though, was right <laughs> after that was like the first fight they had under the new rule set, mm-hmm. if I yeah. remember right. But, but I think the Yol, no, the Musasi Weidman one, they were all confused too. Yeah, because they're trying to figure out that <clears throat> where his hand is down, and they were trying to figure out that he had, Musasi had lifted him up and then hit the knee, and so I mean that 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 whole thing was a shit show because yeah, that Weidman, Weidman was one way, the referee was this way, the commentators were this way and that way, like it was everyone had different. Things, knowing what was going on, and, and, and the referees like, well, he didn't have weight on his on his on his hands. He's like, he had to have weight and palms down. And Joe was like, well, he had his fingertips down and stuff like that. Like, Joe was confused about the rule, and the ref had to like correct him on it. And... Yeah, it'd be like if I like if you're in like a, a Muay Thai clinch, and as you're driving a guy's head into your knee, his hand hits the ground. You expect the <laughs> you expect the guy to get knocked out to get the uh, disqualification win because his hand was on the ground when he was being driven in a downward motion. Like it doesn't work that way. Like just because you're in a position someone put you in doesn't mean that you're fighting for that position. Yeah, I, I don't think we just haven't seen McCarthy been able to make that. Like I said, he just needs reps, and I think that's going to come in handy. And we're going to. And we'll, he's going to be able to shine, especially gaining experience and him being able to come in and being like, hey, this is the rule and this is why this is sh- this should be it. And then they see if that – well, then the ref has to make the call in the ring because he's not the ref anymore. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah. Commentator or, is it, or should it be in the ring? I don't know. You see him, he just like jumps over the cage, 
Pops the reference side. What the fuck are you doing? He's yeah. are, are they going to give McCarthy <laughs> last call at Bellator? Is he yeah. the final say? He'd be like, like the old uh, WWF days where the second referee would run in. No, no, no. That's yeah. an interference. This guy wins. Like, <laughs> yeah, he hit him with a chair. The foot was he on the him. rope. His he had a foreign object. I, I watched the super old, super old uh, WWF uh, show. Oh, it might have yeah. been even WWF at the time. But, uh, or AWA, sorry. Yeah, it was AWA. But the guy pulls a, like an object out of his pants, hits him, and he gets oh, the yeah. win. But then the referee comes back and he's like, no, he cheated. He cheated. He had the object. And then he goes and takes the object. And then they reverse the call and make him have the match again. How ridiculous about it. Yep. Re- I mean, I know you're like, you guys probably know how annoying it is, like when you're like you know eight years old, you're watching wrestling, and one match, like uh, you know, say Hogan takes something out of his trunks and yeah, Sting gets the pin and wins the match, and nothing happens. But then like the next week, you know, say it's like you know Macho Man hits the elbow drop, one nothing, nothing, nothing. Guy comes in, hits a uh, hits a say Buff Bagel with a chair, and Macho Man then takes the pin. Like no, 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 hit him with a chair, overturn. Like what the fuck? Why didn't Hogan get overturned? Why is it nothing? Why is one guy get to cheat and one guy doesn't? Like, fuck off. Like, God damn it. Millions of Hulkamaniacs, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get that money, brother. Yeah. To ride away in that running yellow Harley. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the perfect segue. So, no fight card this weekend. Um,. I, I grabbed a couple, like, three news stories, nothing, or four, maybe, nothing of, another super, di- well, the one we might have super discussion because it means a lot to, to somebody on the panel, but, uh, so, we're gonna do some, some fucking, we're gonna bring back the topic to, Jesus Christ, Raph's dying. Sorry, I'll meet the mic next time. <laughs> no, you're good, bro, I'm just making sure you're not fucking gonna keel over on me. Suddenly you slump over and yeah, fucking boom disappear. <laughs> you just hear a slam. I don't well, know. I don't I know. How I'm back back, back, guess I'm back as a co-host now. Right. I'm gonna hit the, the hang up button. Okay. Just yeah, yeah. Now. If that happens, just keep going, bro. Yeah. Well, I don't have a con- any contact to fucking get a hold of somebody in your family. Tell them like Raphael's half fucking dead upstairs. Somebody call nine one one. Just that one time. One time. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is I couldn't even like I couldn't talk to your parents. Anyway, I don't speak Spanish. Yeah, they only speak Spanish. Right. I don't. I don't speak Spanish. I'd be like, <laughs> El Pas Auto. <laughs> Rafael Cabeza. Pego. Pego. Tabla. Dead. Tabla. <laughs> <laughs> If you just say the word L before it and yeah. like throw a vowel at the end of the word, hope for the best. Nope, I'm going to try to get a hold of his brother. Actually, I'll just go into the the fucking Fight Club page. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, there you go. There, there. And it'll hey, take someone. Let him know. <laughs> Jamie will have to take an Uber to come over and get a ride. Hey, my brother's in that thing too. He might see it. Maybe I'll tag him. Yeah, yeah he's in there. <laughs> he's sleeping right now, probably. So yeah, he'll see it in the morning. <laughs> By then, you're already <laughs> bleeding out the ears. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I'll just take a hit. I'll be fine, bro. Everything's <laughs> everything's good, bro. Everything's good. Yeah. I miss. What? This, is, this is what the show should be. This is what I miss. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is what the show has become, is just two fucking stoners having a goddamn conversation and seeing where the fuck yeah. it goes. <laughs> sometimes we go for two hours, sometimes an hour and 30 minutes. Tonight's gonna we're gonna go deep in the murky water. Uh yeah. We haven't done one in a while. The old topic discussions, but these are not MMA related topic discussions. Dun 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 dun. Fucking wrestling and music because why a little bit of full heel podcast related. Shit. Why the fuck not? So, Ryan, (laughs) as our guest, I will let you pick the first topic of the evening. (laughs) (laughs) Tag teams. Tag teams. All right. So, um... I don't know how you guys did your list. I did mine from 10 to 1, 1 being my favorite tag team. Yeah, I kind of did it like that, give or take. Okay. Um, Ryan, why don't you kick us off with your number 10 favorite tag team of all time? I went uh, New Age Outlaws. Okay. Uh, and I was probably a little low, but when I went over like my list, like, like I had like some scribbles and arrows and switching things and adjusting. Like I just like looking at everyone that was on my on my list. They were just probably the least of like my from my childhood and what, like the Attitude Era and the, the the Monday Night Wars and all that. They were probably just, like of the ten, they were just the ones that stood the least for me for one reason or another. Okay. Although like I could switch my ten and nine one way or another, but uh, I just ended up deciding like, New Age Outlaws just slide them at number ten. They had a solid run. They were fun, but in the grand scheme of things, they're always just more DX than New Age Outlaws. Uh, overall, they weren't like necessarily like, their own entity, so they were the tag that's why I put champs, them last. Bro. Yeah. yeah, tag team champions of the world. Dude, th- yeah, and he took it from Honky Talk Man. Road Dog came and fucking made him turn on Honky Talk Man. He hit, he hit Honky Talk Man with a guitar, and, uh, and don't forget, new- and don't forget that. That Jeff Jarrett's theme song was sang uh, with my baby tonight. Was sang by the road dog. When, Jeff Jarrett was a lip syncing loser. When he was, the, it was all the road, it was all the roadie. The roadie, yeah. As I say, when he was the roadie, um, I'm sure, I'm sure, Rafa, I'm sure you have fond memories of the roadie cheap shotting Razor to cost him the uh, IC title at the Royal Rumble, giving it to Jarrett. Yeah. I do. Yeah, she fucking did. To Jeff Jarrett. What the fuck was that, man? I, I've never really liked Jeff Jarrett just because of that shitty-ass gimmick he had. Oh, it was such a corny gimmick. I mean, like, we were in the, when they brought, like, I was never a fan of his, and when they brought in Tennessee Lee, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I never... <laughs> See you later. I never liked Jarrett, any of his fucking characters. He's always annoyed me. The Razor was always down to put people over for the money. Yup, pay me. Pay yeah, me. pay me and always been down for what you want. Jared's always been down to just run promotions into the ground. Dude, when you put he was going to be in the Hall of Fame, I was like, yeah, whatever, Ryan. I'm not Jeff, even commenting on this and whatever. Jeff's not responsible for what happened to TNA. When Jeff was running TNA, TNA was fucking... There was some good shit on TNA back when Jeff was running shit. Mm-hmm. Before Dixie brought in fucking Russo, 
Yeah. And all that shit, and then Billy tried to fucking save it. <clears throat> but there was... Logan's in that. I forgot about that. That fucking... The X Division alone, I would put up against a lot of eras, like cruiserweights and shit like that. Like, hey, well, TJ Perkins was... Uh, suicide, which was in the X division, he was the first ever fucking uh, cruiserweight champion, the winner of the tournament. They just unmasked him, and he yeah, just I, remember, I, I remember. I remember suicide. You had fucking. He's a badass wrestler. AJ, I mean AJ Styles was a part of the X division. Yeah, AJ, yeah that's right. He's champion now, right? Uh, Chris Angel, or not Chris Angel? Christopher Daniels, the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels was a big part of the X division. Um, I mean, there were guys that went on Austin to have, Aries. Yeah, Austin Aries. Austin Aries was later, though. Like, when I was... Was Jay Lethal in the uh, X Division? Jay Lethal. Yeah, Jay Lethal used to have some great matches before they started giving Black him... Machismo? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. before they started uh, I, fucking yeah. gimmicking him out. That was a Russo <laughs> thing. I love Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal was it a was good worker. Like, I always wanted... The first, like, I think it was probably the, the early, early days... Uh, when I when I first found out about TNA, I wanted Jay Lethal in WWF at the, like or WWE at the uh, just because I thought it was so much fun. I wanted to see him like like the bigger stage. It was like one of the first times I ever like watched a a smaller staged wrestler on. I wanted to see on the bigger stage. Kind of like watching. It was almost like for me before I saw Ring of Honor was watching TNA. The X Division was the the focal point before Hogan Nash and. And like those guys came in, like, Christian that... and Angle, all those guys. Well, that, I mean, I that was lo- I went to a local show and saw Jay Lethal. Oh yeah, at a Ring of Honor show here yeah, in Chicago. When he, when he came into Ring of Honor after he left TNA. Yeah, he was in Ring of Honor, and we uh, one of my friends yelled something at him. That's what he was commentating. Like back in the day, that's what TNA TNA was trying to compete with. I mean, eventually they tried to compete with Vince, but they were trying to compete with like Ring of Honor and stuff. And they they focused on the the smaller the cruiserweight guys the smaller agile guys and that was like their focal point their main events in pay per views were the X division they had like I can't remember what they called it but it was they had the the title instead of the fucking ladder match it was like on an X rope and it was just hanging and the guys yeah were, it was something weird uh, yeah 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 they'd crawl across the rope and beat each other up and shit like they they had some fucking really good matches like that. And Samoa mm-hmm. Joe was a hell of a I leader. I kind of want to go back and watch TNA but I don't know where to get it. I think you I don't know if they have a network or something but Yeah, I don't know either. I I could probably find tapes at the retro store and start like watching it. But who knows. Actually there's a I don't know if the game network in, in the US is the same as in Canada but this, we have a game network here, and uh, they show uh, like the best of TNA twice a week. Nice. So I once, so once in a while, if I'm able to catch it, I'll throw it on. They just do like like the like the TV show. They throw on like uh, pay per view matches. They'll do like kind of like how WWF has the DVDs, like the best of this style match or best of that, and those. Yeah. So I once in a while check out some of the things I didn't get to see back in the day. Raphael Trick. Um... Fight TV, like the Fight TV, you can like find it online and shit. Um, mm-hmm. They have some. They might have like TNA library that you can watch. I know they have like they they used to have TNA on there, 
And yeah. that's where I used to watch some ICW till I because when I took off the champagne, <laughs> I stopped watching wrestling for a while. I, I've had to come back and watch a bunch of shit because I missed some, like I missed the CM Punk era. Yeah. The and like a bunch of storylines during that, just because I went to college and I wasn't paying for fucking, I didn't have money to be paying for shit. No. <laughs> Right, yeah. Exactly. And then I'd be working at night, so I missed a lot of... <laughs> even if I could catch it, I missed because I was working. Or doing jiu-jitsu in Muay Thai. Jiu-jitsu, <laughs> my friend. Yeah. You must advance your position. That's uh, why I'm going back and watching a lot of old shit, and I, I like catching some of that shit, too. Some of that era. Raphael, who is your number 10 tag team? Uh, Edge and Christian. Uh, that was like the era that I remember a lot of wrestling from where I was, I, that, I guess my fondest memories, not my earliest memories. Edge and Christian were a great right. tag team. Yeah. I always hated them cause they always feuded yeah. with the tag teams I liked, but, yeah. um, Come on, you don't like the five second pose for those of you who had the, who had the, was it flash photography? <laughs> yeah. For those of you that have flash, the benefit of the use of flash photography, and they would always do something like, stupid, like those like giant styrofoam cowboy hats, or just like outrageous like uh, Elvis costumes or something stupid, depending on the city that they were in. Just, just because they were a great fake brother tag team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean but, that's because uh, they grew, they came up together, so they yeah. they worked well. They, didn't they always win the the ladder matches too? The epic ladder matches, they always wound up winning them. The TLCs, yeah, yeah, the TLCs, the triple threat matches that they would have than TLC matches. Yeah, it was yeah. In the yeah they won at least the Hardys. Uh, the first three, for sure. Yeah. No, I I always like I I think they're a great tag. They were great. Uh, they were a great tag team and great workers, but I just. I've never liked Edge. Mm. The, ta- the tag team actually benefited them both because when Edge came up, they really wanted to push him. They they gave him like the house show victory over Jeff Jarrett in Toronto for the Intercontinental title. And like two weeks later, he lost it. It, was, it didn't work. I was and- surprised at the ultimate push they gave him, though. Like, I, I can understand, though, like the singles push with the Intercontinental title, but like the WWE, like such a long run and like, I, I didn't. I was surprised by it. I thought they were giving the title that, once. That, but that that tag team, I think, was is what propelled Edge's character because he was able to carry it. And then when they split them up, it allowed Christian to kind of have heat with like this big, like he just won the King of the Ring, Intercontinental Champion, numerous tag. Like so, Christian kind of got like the singles look on him too. So that that the tag team got the eyes onto Edge and eventually put the eyes onto Christian. So that was a beneficial move on both for both those guys at the time. For sure. And they both went on to have pretty good single careers. Obviously, Edge more so than Christian, but Christian had a lot of success and had success over in TNA. I didn't say that with TNA before. Like, Christian's smartest move was going there because he was the guy that probably wouldn't have won the belt. I think the only reason why Christian ever got the belt was because Edge retired. It's the only reason why he 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 had that feud with uh, Randy Orton and and Del Rio for a few months. Uh, otherwise, he would have been just bouncing around uh, the mid card, maybe get a U.S. or IC title spot, form a random tag team, but nothing major. And he probably would have ended up in TNA eventually. So he was smart by like doing like the angle thing and just jumping while the flame was hot and just 
doing what he could do and become a world champion in a different promotion. Well, Dixie he was got, throwing he, money around like she's Eric Bischoff in the nineties. Yeah, he got the uh, he got to actually hold the NWA title, which was awesome. Yeah, the NWA <laughs> Heavyweight title, the actual title itself, which yeah. is pretty cool. Because they were the only promotion that was still affiliated with the NWA. Yeah, until TNA's like, peace, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, we got our own titles, see? Yeah, they pulled an ECW. Yeah, we don't need yours anymore. ECW. Except not to the not to the extreme of extreme championship wrestling. Right. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I made the, I had posted it, but I do want to actually tell you guys, I, before we go deep, but that ECW show was oh, so good. Thanks, man. That yeah, was a lot thanks, of fun. Brother. I, uh, I broke out, after listening to that, I broke out my... Uh, ECW Bloodsport. Nice. Uh, it it was violent. It was uh, volume one, but they never put volume two or three or anything else. It's just, <laughs> so it's, it's CW's most violent matches, volume one, <laughs> and that was the, but it's the only one they ever released. It's so fucking good, like the barbed wire match, the like ta- you know tacks, tables, fluorescent light bulbs, Mike Awesome, the fucking Terry Funk Raven, all those. Oh, yeah, hearing that conversation, I was just like. No, it was like talking to my iPod. <laughs> <It was like laughs> yeah, that was that was a ton of fun. I always, I love talking to ECW. Yeah, we gotta do another one, but on something else. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, fucking WWE, WCW, WWF. Well, I mean, we come know, up with we come up with something. Yeah, we gotta get the uh, you know it's March. We gotta get uh, a WrestleMania full heel podcast with the average Joe's crossover going. I'm down to do that. Yeah. Some. Let's do it. I wanna, I'd love to Yeah, just let me know what WrestleMania, I'm down to do whichever one you guys want to do. <laughs> Anyone but <Anyone>. nine. <laughs> Unless we want to nine. You didn't like, you didn't like the se- little, uh, no, I was going to say, yeah, Caesar's Palace, right? Yeah, nine was Vegas, and it was when oh, the, the, when sh- yeah, the <laughs> schmage job of Yokozuna crushing Brahart. Okay. Winning the title and holding it for all of 30 seconds. And out comes Hogan. And Hogan fucking beats Yokozuna. Knowing knowing he's leaving the company and dropping the title by June. So Hulk just made a big deal out of it to fuck over fucking Yokozuna and Brett. No. Right. Exactly. Because Hogan will never do that to anybody. Never. 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 You know. Thankfully, thankfully, though, after almost a year of that horrific title reign, Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10, Madison Square Gardens, where it all began, pinned Yokozuna and brought the title back to the WWE. Yep. God bless Bret Hart. I've always, I've always liked Bret Hart. He's always <laughs> been one of my favorites. Dude, I've been watching these, um, these YouTube compilations, um, like shoot interviews. And right. uh, they had these different ones. Like I, I started out watching because my favorite shoot interview ever to watch is just anything with Jim Cornette, especially if Jim Cornette's talking about Vince Russo. Holy shit! So they, it's like they had one where it was like Jim Cornette buries the universe. Um, Jim Cornette buries like TNA and whatever, and then it led me down these rabbit holes of these other videos of these guys like. They just uh, former WWE and WCW wrestlers shoot on WCW, but then they have like ones that do specific wrestlers like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. Yeah, I've seen some of those. Oh, the Shawn Michaels one is fucking funny. Oh my god, 
I don't think I've seen the Shawn Michaels one, but I've seen some of them. There's one, ones, there's one where every these guys all shoot on Sonny. Yeah, I've seen. I think pretty sure I've seen that one. <laughs> I've seen too some many of jokes the... being made from that line, though, Jeff. Come on. Oh, I meant what I said. <laughs> I said what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm not gonna pretend like I didn't watch the Sonny porn. I I checked it out. Wanted to see what was up. Her ass. There was something up her ass. <laughs> yeah, she has to make it do, man. We come in the Hall of Fame ring only goes so far. Look, it wasn't a good porn. I'm not gonna sit here and act like it was great shit. I just, you know, it's a fucking celebrity crush as a child, as a kid. I wanted to see what she looked like naked. She never did Playboy. <laughs> I had the Sable Playboys. I had the, well, no, I didn't have the Sable Playboys. I had the Tory Playboys, and then one of them was Sable. I have one of the UFC card girls, and I have a. I don't know. I don't. I think a couple of the WWE girls, like only two of them, are the Playboys. Ashley. But they're old. They're like from two thousand like four. Ashley and Maria. Yeah, something like that. My old roommate. Or was it uh, Candice Michelle? Yeah, there was Candice too. No. There was Tori Wilson, but that was early on, and there yeah, was Sable. I had and the China. Tor- I don't know China. China. Yeah, but those China. are expensive. <laughs> No, I had but those the, are expensive. Though. I had the Tory ones, and then there was the one that her and Sable did together. Um. Anyway, well, how old were you when the internet came around? Before uh, the Jackoff magazines had to take off, because I still had Jackoff magazines. I still had Jackoff magazines to my like in the college probably. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. It's Canadian. They don't. <laughs> Off in Ryan's Canadian. They don't oh, check off. No, I said no. I was no. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> they're too polite. <laughs> one, of the, one of the best moments in my in grade school. You know, like uh, every class, all of a sudden, just got one random computer. So everyone would go through having like, this like one or two little computer games and the internet. And uh, so we're like twelve years old. And everyone's sitting in class. And all of a sudden, in the back of the class, everyone turns, all of a sudden and goes, what the fuck? And everyone, like, looks back, and the teacher goes over to look, and you see this this kid, Corey, smashing the keyboard and clicking the mouse to get off. And some kid, some kid yells out, what's Asian pussy? And this kid is smashing the keyboard. And he's, like, trying it off. The whole, the whole class... The whole class lost the computer. The kid got fucking like a five day suspension. What's Asian <laughs> pussy? What's Asian pussy? He's <laughs> one voice in the back of the class. Oh my god, <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. What is uh-huh. Asian pussy? <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> back to the topic. Uh, my number ten was the faces of fear. Fucking Ming and the Barbarian. Good one. Yeah, I'm going out of left yeah. field on some of these, bro. Left field. I was supposed to pick in them, but I... I oh. The motherfucking faces of fear. Never really had... I, I think they were tag team title holders at one point in the WCW. But, Jesus Christ, just Ming and the fucking Barbarian. Beat the shit out of you. Yeah, they're scary as shit. I've only seen them a couple, like... Going back and watching matches, I've only seen them a couple of times. They're out of my era, but yeah, I remember seeing them. Legit. 
two of the toughest dudes like in wrestling ever. It's been oh, yeah. documented by a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially Ming. Any of the Simones. Haku, Haku. Any of those fucking. That's why I can't. I can't understand the hate on Roman. I, well, I do understand that he's force fed, but those Simones are tough as shit, and they're good workers. That's. A, I was gonna say, like, if you're like, if you're gonna be friends with anyone, like, you want to be friends with those guys, especially if you're going to a bar. Like, what was it like? Haku, like, was it he bit a guy's thumb off or nose off or begun to a, a fight of some kind and. I don't remember that. I remember. I can't remember who the who told the story, but they were working down in Puerto Rico, and the fans used to just throw fucking all kinds of shit at you when you were walking back. And one of them threw a fucking cinder block, and oh, like geez. as they're walking through to go to the curtain, and they fucking threw a cinder block on Haku's head, and it just broke, and he was just like, like nothing fucking happened. Like nothing fucking happened. <laughs> no, yeah, so, it was a fake center block. So, so according to Kevin Sullivan, that's who it uh, was probably. According to Kevin Sullivan, man got into a bar fight. This guy shoved two fingers into Meng's mouth. Oh well, then he's not that savage. If you shove fingers after, in my mouth, I'm biting too. Yeah. So after he bit them off. The guy picked up his fingers, wrapped his hands in his shirt, and they went to the hospital, and then was arrested. What? For what? <laughs> Biting <laughs> off his fucking fingers. <laughs> well, I, that's sexual assault. <laughs> sexual assault? <laughs> How is that sexual assault? I don't know his intentions. What if he's trying to do it all sexually and put his fingers in my mouth? <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> This day and age, everything is sexual. Oh, oh my god! That oh. might be the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Sexual assault to me, so I bit his fingers off. <laughs> sexual assault, Jesus Christ! All right. like man, old finisher with sexual assault now in today's Everybody. world. <laughs> Raphael, who you got at number nine? Uh number nine. Let's see. Uh, this might be an, uh, one that you guys don't know. The Authors of Pain, they're in NXT right now. Nope, don't know them. They're huge Samoan guys. Okay. They come out like in SWAT gear and like vests. And then like later on, they started coming out with uh, with masks. And they have the manager, Paul Elring, the got, old old school manager. They got the old, old LOD word. manager? Yep. And uh, they've been dominating, and they're going to be brought up soon to Raw or SmackDown after WrestleMania, I'm assuming. But uh, they were even in the first NXT War Games match, too. They were champions, actually, that match, and they lost them. But uh, the Authors of Pain, awesome tag team from NXT right now. Awesome manager, too. But he's just old. But, you know, it's just the presence of him. I remember the Powers of Pain, the Warlord and the Barbarian. No, these are these are the authors of pain, bro. Uh, Razor and Toka, 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 Razor, babies, mama, babies, mama. Love that. That's my one of my favorite movies of all time. I have it on VHS and on uh, DVD. I couldn't find. It. I, it might be Blu-ray. I think it's Blu-ray. I have the original VHS release of the original Ninja Turtles still with the case and shit since I was that I got for like 
I don't know, my birthday or Christmas or whatever when it came out because that was my favorite movie. And uh, then, I, yeah, I have the whole series on Blu-ray. Nice. Ryan, what do you got at number nine? Harlem Heat. Nice. I, uh, <clears throat> like I said, my, my nine and ten are interchangeable. It was just uh, Harlem Heat for me was because uh, I wasn't a big WCW guy. So whenever I had a chance to watch WCW, when I don't know if it was uh, like that music that the uh, the fire at the stage would shoot up. You yep. see uh, Sister Street come out, yep. and this was after racism, and they got rid of that guy that was walking out with the uh, collar and chain. Oh, Colonel, <laughs> Colonel Rob uh, Parker. Yeah, yeah. When they got rid of him, it was it got a lot better. But uh, I remember always watching uh, watching them, and when I picked up. Um, uh, WCW and NWO Revenge. They were always like, the tag team I'd always pick uh, in the career mode and that kind of stuff. And uh, the, uh, <clears throat> following Booker T when he went solo made me go deeper in watching those guys and other matches that I had never seen before. So Harlem Heat was the one. Like they, they were kind of like my intro to the to WCW because like I said WCW was really hard to find for the longest time up here. Mm. So whenever I could see it. it I felt like whenever they were on, or whenever they was on, they were on, and they and it was NWO, so it was easy to follow those two main storylines at all times. Yep. Oh. Well, Stevie Ray eventually became a member of the NWO. That's right. Everyone became a member of the NWO. Everybody was, everybody was a member of the NWO at some point, except for Ric Flair and Sting. Yeah, except for Ric Flair. DDP. DDP. I actually, oh, Sting was because he was in the Wolfpack. Yeah, wolf Sting pack. was red. I, I forget. I, I don't count the Wolfpack, though. But yeah. The DD, he was going to join the Wolfpack, but the Macho Man attacked him. Yep. I Damn. forgot it, but. DDP, right. never, DDP never turned, brother. They gave him a shirt, but he left. Yep. He said, he, threw, he, he, he put it on, and they're like, yeah. And then he threw it at them and beat him. Uh, he had the diamond, diamond cutter. And then, yeah, and then he left because Nash was like, what the fuck? The fucking Wolfpack. <laughs> Goddamn Wolfpack. That's when it just got out of control. Um, My number nine, uh, the Brain Busters. Nice. Fucking Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard when they were in the WWF for a very short period of time. <laughs> Nice. I have both of those figures, brother. Yeah. Man, it's one of my favorite matches. Uh, Brain Busters and uh, The Rockers. The Rockers, yeah. At, at WrestleMania. I forget what WrestleMania it was. It was, it was like, The Rockers' first time. I want to say it was like six or maybe probably five no, or six. It, it had to have been earlier. It, five, no, maybe. One? No. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it'd be five, yeah. 89-91 with the Rockers. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm trying to remember when Sean went solo, but it, it could have been four. I'll have to look it up later, but um, I do remember that, that match, though. I remember that match because I was a big Rockers fan. It was an awesome match. That, that was the like I almost put them on my list because of that fight. I... Uh... I didn't want to. I mean, I could have also just listed Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Period. But it was ninety three. Okay, so that was so that was WrestleMania eight. It's because the two the, the two no, dudes with attitude maybe were were formed in ninety three. That's why. Shawn Michaels and Diesel. 
Well, yeah, but Sean was solo before he had Diesel. WrestleMania five, they fought. Could have been, been ninety two then. Was it five? It says uh, WrestleMania five. They fought Strike Force in their only WrestleMania appearance. So I must be thinking of something different than when they fought the the Rockers. Was that maybe Saturday Night Main Event? That's maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Or it could have been a Royal Rumble match. That would have been like yeah, 1990 makes sense or around that era. Yeah, let's say because Sean went solo like 91, 92, like 91, late 91, early 92. Because if he hooked up with Diesel by 93, he was uh yeah, was Sherry. Was with Sherry. No, because Sherry was was WrestleMania nine. Yeah. When he won the, but I think that was. Beat the Tonka. Yeah. Oh. So, right around there. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. But yep. Yeah, then uh, my number nine is Brainbusters, and then number eight was Harlem Heat. So, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we pretty much covered that. Um. Raphael? My eight is the world's greatest tag team, uh, Shelton Benjamin Ooh. and Charlie Haas. Holy shit. I almost put fucking Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really liked them. I didn't put them in my factions just because I liked factions over them, but that tag team was so technical, and then they could be faced, but I liked them as a heel because they played pretty good heels. And their technicality, because they are fucking, they were uh, wrestlers, Top at least notch. NCAA and if not, I think Haas was an Olympian. Maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about Shelton. I don't remember. I, I'm, I remember I'm almost positive Shelton wasn't. You yeah, know, but they were badasses in college. Yep. And then Kurt took over the reins. I was hoping I like they were going to do a version like 2.0. Kurt. Yeah. Sorry, that one? What? What's that? Uh, who, uh, who 2.0? Uh... Chad Gate. I I was hoping they were gonna do Team Angle 2.0 with Chad oh, okay. Gable and and his wannabe son now oh, because yeah. they were American Alpha and they were doing the whole American gimmick thing and they were both badass wrestlers and then they brought Kurt in and I'm like holy shit they're gonna do this but then they didn't and then they separated them and did a stupid uh, he's my son and he's my legitimate <clears throat> oh, yeah. son and I was like oh my god this is why we can't yeah, have I... nice things yeah. I like, like that. Well, World, World Team was one of those that kind of like the uh, Hawkins and Ryder when they joined Edge. They're that tag team that were like making a little bit of noise, and all of a sudden they got put with like the big superstar, and it just kind of like made people look at them in a different way, and actually got people to, like to appreciate what they were doing in a way. Even like Hawkins and Ryder were nowhere near World's Greatest Tag Team, right? But like still like putting them with a legit person to get the eyes on them because like you said, rap, like those guys are being like, coming from the wrestling background. Like their matches were always so technical and always so fun to watch. And Shelton developed into a really good performer with the wrestling tech technicality. He has, he, he does I'm, a lot of high, high rope shit with that, yeah. his athleticism. I'm, I'm still pissed off that he left when he did and didn't get like that serious run because when they made him the gold standard and they had Shelton and his mama and all that stuff, it was just like, God, did you have this guy that could literally carry like a rival with John Cena, make him a heel, have him fight John Cena in any way, shape or form. But you could have something like awesome going for like two, three years. He was an awesome worker and they just 
wasted his talent. Yeah, let him go. It's like him and him and uh, John Morrison, two guys that got wish that they yeah. were, they used better. Those guys could have put the company in a much different uh, place than it is now. Oh, Johnny Nitro. <laughs> yeah, there it is. It <laughs> <laughs> happened earlier, but we weren't recording. Every show. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan, what's your next pick? Uh, the aforementioned Rockers. They were uh, just over when that, uh, like that 80s rock music kind of hair metal hit and those guys came with like the tattered uh shirts and pants like fucking just so much fun and they were for me like i didn't see like there were some aerial guys but to me they were like the first aerial guys that i saw and they're the way that they could do the tag team combinations to me like the the double drop kicks the Mm -hmm. the it's the double slams the flying off the top rope splashes and and like, like it was just insane to see like like when you're seven years old and you only know like, like the Hulk Hogan's, the Macho Man's, like the, I mean Macho Man did do the flying elbow drop, but it was mostly like groundwork and the big guys slamming like Warrior and things like that. Like when you see the Rockers come out, like you knew it was gonna be fun, especially in, in, in an era with a lot of guys who well, they're on my list coming up, but there were more ground guys or even like guys like the Bushwhackers. They weren't gonna be flying off the top rope. So the Rockers to me just opened my eyes to like something completely different level of what wrestling could be i'm sad that you have them so low like i said i had arrows up and down and scratched off and everything like that but there's a method to my madness at the end of the day hey it's your list you do what you want with it i'm just saying i'm i'm surprised (laughs) they're that low that means you got some bombshells to drop I want to believe I have one surprise pick coming up, but I know for a fact it's going to be on both your lists, so we'll get there when it gets there. It's probably going to be your next pick. <laughs> well, you have the next pick, so... No. Oh, I got the next one. Never mind. Yep, number seven. Demolition. Did not make my list. No? No, did Demolition. not. See, see, Demolition, they were fucking so awesome like they were the wwf needed the road warriors but they couldn't get them so they basically took mad max the road warriors and they said hey here's demolition and they were fucking so awesome and they were they were like the perfect brute force wrestlers to like the like you know your heart foundations your rockers your british bulldogs so who they could all they just like brown grab ground straight out and they they kept them so simple for the longest time until they brought in crush yeah. That's when it started going like really wonky because I don't know if it was like a contract dispute or an injury, but when they started like, like they all had different face paint. So when they were like roll one guy to the ring and put another one in, like it started making less sense. But in the 80s and the early, early 90s, when they were like at their top of their game, the demolition were the fucking, the, how they're not in the, in, the, in the Hall of Fame still just pisses me off because those guys need to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I I don't know. They always were just a Legion of Doom and Road Warrior ripoff to me. <laughs> so that's why that's why well, Demolition didn't make my list. Yeah. I thought they had good matches. I thought they did good work, but it was always just they had a great feud with the Heart Foundation. 
great. They're a little, kidding. they're a little bit out of my era, but like, like you said, they're kind of thought as these guys. So, they're kind of what an LOD demolition. But like, demolition had left a year or two before LOD was brought into WWE. But those two, if, they, if those guys would have a match at WrestleMania, like you know, like six or seven back when they were, like, they were both at like their peak peaks, yeah, it would have been, been awesome. World. Instead, we got like what the Nasty Boys versus the Heart Foundation at WrestleMania, and like, and then the Nasty Boys and LOD, and it was like, come on, like we were that close. I'm like, like at the time it was fun, but looking back, it's like we were that close. We were that close to having like these two powerhouses, almost identical. Teams that were like, like they did a little bit of rope work, but they were just grinders, and it could have been so good to watch. But it would have it would have been over in five minutes. The LOD. It would have been like that. The LOD would have been like squashed. They would have not for any other reason than they would have been like, look, we're fucking LOD. We're not putting these guys over. We're the Road Warriors. We're not. We're not putting these guys over. They're they're getting fucking squashed tonight. Nope. They, I thought about demolition. I actually had them in my list at one point, and I took them out. Um, <clears throat> for my number seven. So yeah, it would have been. We would have had the same pick, but I I swapped it. I almost had them higher, but I couldn't. Swapped it. I swapped it for the Hardy Boys. Mm. That's my number seven. Nice. The only reason they're 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 only load for no reason other than just uh, it's just kind of where they ended up. Like I could have put them at in my top five easily, just based off of their work and their body of work and what they've done. But they're they were a fucking amazing tag team. I mean, they're fucking brothers. They still are an amazing tag team. Yeah. And it's still brothers. Well, well I hope so. <laughs> and, and Jeff's not all fucked up on drugs anymore. Yeah, well, that's good. And Matt finally got over yeah. Lita. <laughs> finally. <laughs> He's got a wife and a kid. He better. Delete. Yeah. He's broken. Yeah. <laughs> broken. Old broken Matt Hardy. Now, when, when they came in... It was, they had a, originally, their original gimmick was kind of shitty, and they stuck him with fucking Doc Hendricks. Um, what about even before that, when they just came out wearing like the plaid pants and the plaid headbands, and then they gave him to Doc, yeah. and so when he, they became kind of like that goth, like verge of goth. Yeah, kind because of they kind of, the Young Bucks kind of looked like them when they first came in. Yeah, like, if kind you ever of. See, uh, when Kane made it was had made his debut and he was like just coming out randomly on Raw and just choke slam and tombstone. If you go back and look at the Hardy Boys getting attacked by Kane and you look at the Hardy Boys like two years later, it's like, what the fuck? Like, like well, it's the, insane growth that they had. The they get kicked into the attitude era and they were like, Okay, you guys can just, you know, be you and Jeff started dying his hair and off ladders head first. Yeah, swan, t- swan down and off of fucking ladders and shit like that. And then when they put Lita with them, it was just yeah. Because I, you know, when Lita first came in, she was with S.A. Rios. Yeah, oh, I loved S.A. Rios. He was a, a Jesus Christ. He could Ooh. do some shit. 
He just never learned how to speak the language. Nope. And yeah. get over. Yep, that's just what killed him from not getting over. He was an awesome worker. Yeah. And could do some insane shit, high spots. And then Lita would hit high spots. But yeah, putting her with the Hardy Boys was great. So that's my number seven. Raphael? My number seven should actually be my number ten. I don't know why I didn't switch it up. So it should be Edge and Christian, but it's the Dancing Fools. They should have been my opening. Oh, oh, yes. Alex Wright and Disco Inferno. I was like, who? From the the WCW. Oh, I love Um, those guys. Take it out of here. So the the reason I have them, (laughs) I should have put them as number 10, but the reason I have them in my top 10 is because me and Jesus gift each other Alex Wright and Disco Inferno gifts all the time just to fuck around with each other. I was gonna. Hope, I hope you were saying like you guys used to go to the clubs. And you guys are just like break. No, no, no. Looks <laughs> right. Disco dance moves. No, and I just remember them from back in the day, and they were just funny characters. And dude, I remember when Alex Wright first <laughs> debuted in WCW. Like young, fucking nineteen-year-old Alex Wright, just in the middle of the South. <laughs> Dust Wonder Kid. In that leather coat that would go to his belly button, though. Yeah, it even... yeah, and his short shorts, and he'd come out dancing and shit. Yep. Alex. And then he got like some weird goth gimmick after that. Well, he was Berlin at one point. There we go. Wall. Huh? Yeah, exactly. The wall? Yeah. Bodyguard? Yeah. Before, was it the Wall and Hogan when like the Wall was like. It was some stupid. It was like 500 feet away. Like the camera had like zoomed in for like 10 seconds before you could make out this like army figure that was on like a cliff, and it was like the wall staring down at Hulk Hogan in the ring. It was one of those like WCW moments. It was like what? The? It was so almost like what that. They had a lot of those. Warrior was looking at looking at Hogan in the mirror. Yep. And the fans could. <sighs> it was one of those things. Where it's like, well, what's going on? Because I see all of this up here, but he's. At least seven miles away. How can he see Hogan in the ring? Like the wall, man. I mean, how did how did the Yeti just show up? The Yeti, the Yeti, the Yeti, the Yeti, <laughs> the Yeti, and uh, tugboat with that stormtrooper mask. Oh yeah, the, the shock master. When he was the shock master, and he tripped, oh. and you can hear you can hear Davy Boy go, he fucking fell. Two of the greatest moments in WCW. The Yeti and Master. Just shit. <laughs> Poor Uncle Fred. Man, that's awesome. Poor Uncle Fred. <laughs> Poor Uncle Fred. Um, Raphael, you're up again. Who's your number six? Six is Harlem Heat. And uh, we, we already touched on them, but to me, they were kind of... Up there, just because they were the, the the guys facing the NWO for the titles a lot, and the guys that had a job to the NWO a lot, to the outsiders. Yeah. Well, to the NWO as well. They lost to the NWO a bunch of times too, because there were different variations of tag team champions, not just the outsiders. There was uh, Steiner, well, eventually Steiner and the Giant, but uh, forget who else. I think it was DDP and Nash. They were the insiders. Weren't uh, wasn't um Buff Bagwell and I was gonna um, say Scott Norton and Scott Buff Bagwell. Stein. 
Yep, sure. there we go. And then Scott Steiner eventually, too, with Buff Bagwell. Uh, they were doing some storyline. Yeah, Buff and Tough. Yeah, I just went back. With um, the championships. I don't, you, I don't know if you guys have played the uh, 2K18, but they had, like, the Hall of Flame, Hall of Fame class. Mm-hmm. And so you do, like, a random match of all the inductees. And the Harlem Heat were in for uh, Scott Hall. And it was uh, when the Outsiders beat them at Halloween Havoc. Okay. So like, that was the first time I ever saw the match was playing it as a video game. When I actually, Raph, I sent you that uh, DVD. I picked, uh, Kara picked me up with the Scott Hall story. Yeah, yeah. That match, that match is actually on the DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a better. It's a rivalry. They were the face to these guys' heel. Yep. Like, like everything about that match was so good. Like the heart, like the heart, like took me back to my childhood watching that fight. Like it was like such a good match. Like everything. They could sell so good, and they could give so good. Like that was like peak WCW. Yeah, yeah that was like ninety five, ninety six. Like right when it was at its height. Yeah, before it I went to shit. Was, uh, I don't. Hogan wasn't even in the NWO. There was no NWO. It was just the Outsiders. Yeah, it was just the Outsiders. Yep. Well, just just before the peak. Um. Ryan. We're number six now? Yeah. So I'm going to do a little cheat. I'm going to throw a six, five, and four all in one shot because it's a coin flip each way. Okay. But it's going to be Dudley's, Hardy's, Edge, and Christian for the main reason of WrestleMania 2000, SummerSlam 2000, and WrestleMania 17. Tables. Those three matches, like, I like, there's like, yeah, I can even go before that, and I can go with the uh, the the tit, uh, the Terry Reynolds uh, Invitational Tournament. Yeah. It was the edging best of, best of five or best of seven, and it was the ladder match to decide it. And uh, Edge and Christian were uh, against the Hardys, and the Hardys won. Terry Reynolds services and the hundred thousand dollars. But yep. that the, that ladder match started it all, and then. Those three matches are just like that is the tag team attitude era. Like there, you can have, and that's why I, could, I had to put the New Age Outlaws lower because those three blew the bar so much higher that the Outlaws never did that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they had Spike and Lita and uh, and Rhino involved in some of the stuff, but those guys, man, those matches were out of this world. And those, like, I was looking at like. I could put like I would probably put Edge of Christian higher just because being Canadian, I think there was so few Canadian con- there was so little Canadian content that I was always drawn towards and and pushing for like the Canadian guys, but the Dudleys were so awesome and Jeff was so fucking reckless, like you couldn't hate on any of the three guys or what they did. So it's a toss up for my six to four. So it's any one of those. Uh, that's my next three picks. Is just those guys in uh, in any which way, shape, or form I can put them. Okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, my number six, I had the Hollywood Blondes. Stunning Steve Ooh. Austin and Flying Brian Pillman. Flying. WCW. Yep. Flying Ryan Dempsey. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just started following Flying Brian Pillman's kid on Twitter. Like, he's a, a professional wrestler. Is he really? Yeah, an indie wrestler. He's uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Or something like that. Yeah. Anything like big in the future or, uh, mentioned or just, just doing his thing? Just doing his thing. Just doing his thing. At least right now. 
I just found it. Somebody retweeted it, and I was like, holy shit, it's Brian Pillman's kid. It was like a picture of his dad and him and Owen or something like that. And I was like, hey, I'll follow this dude. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Steve Austin and fucking Brian Pillman, I don't think in the pantheon of Steve's career gets talked about enough of them as a tag team. <laughs> well, have you, uh, have you ever heard him talk about those days? Slightly, some, yeah. Because he was supposed to get a, he, yeah, he was supposed to get a push with the U.S. title, and then one day Brian Pillman went, went up to him and said, "Hey, so uh, what do you want to do for our finish?" He's like, what yeah, the fuck you talking about? He was pissed. We're gonna be first. attacking tonight. He's like, and then all of a sudden, it was like one of those things. like, "What the fuck? You're breaking this up!" Like years, like you know, however many months, years it was later that they broke them up, and he was pissed off. All of a sudden, they're breaking them up, and it was just like. They they ended up being an awesome tag team. I wish I had like using the tablet. I can't do. It. I want to do the little fucking the little the yeah. <laughs> real yes, fucking awesome. I love that stuff. And the thing was when I was a kid, like during their era, I fucking hated the Hollywood Blondes because they were just great heels. And I, goddamn, I can't remember. Uh, I think it was. I think they feuded with. Uh, Young Marcus Bagwell, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, and Too Cold really? Scorpio. Yeah. Dude, oh, I have to check. Before, before he was buff, he was in a tag team with Too Cold Scorpio. Um, he was in a couple of tag teams. But, yeah, it was Marcus Alexander Bagwell. And Huh. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, him and Too Cold Scorpio were a pretty good tag team. Scorpio would hit the 450 splash and shit like that. It was bef- huh. it was before Scorpio went over to ECW. Yeah, he was in he was in WCW. I forgot. Like I didn't even think about that tag team until we started talking about this, because so many goddamn tag teams in WCW that I saw and came and went. Uh, number five, I had RB, uh, RVD and Sabu. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even think of that one. I had to have some ECW represented. I couldn't put any in there just because I wasn't like a huge ECW guy. So right. I can't really be like, oh, well, like that was my favorite. Like, yeah. Yeah. I guess I kind of did because I had the Dudleys. So that kind of counts in a small Well, the Dudleys kind of jumped over a bunch. Yeah. Over. I had I had the Dudleys more because of the Attitude Era, but right, they were yeah. an ECW original. Yeah. But... But I didn't think I completely forgot about RV. Coach was in there, not Coach. Was it uh, 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 Bill Alfonso? Yes, yes, former. former, He had the whistle. Uh, Former referee, yeah, yeah. Former referee Bill Alfonso. Yeah, Coach was the Mister Perfect, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, dude, RVD and Sabu, uh, as individual wrestlers, were innovative as fuck, and together. They just worked really well because Sabu helped train him. He when he was getting into wrestling, he trained with with Sabu, or well, he trained under the Sheik. Yeah, it was Iron, Iron Sheik, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the you, Sheik, you, not not Iron with Sheik. Other, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, right, yeah. With other with other innovation in the chair, you could see they have a lot of the same. Yeah, like tutelage. Well, like you know, when he came to learn from the Sheik. Sheik wasn't going to fucking get on the mat and work with Rob. So who did? Sabu. 
So that's that's. I mean, they, and, they, just... and you think about like there, that would have been. 92, 93, probably when they first kind of started getting together, like not even wrestling, like ECW style, but just like doing their training stuff. And you think about how long and how long like, they went through their ECW run. Then RVD went to WWF, Sabu went in, out, in, out. And then they ended up still, like you hear about like how they were, they were busted for like driving while high. But like that was like how many years, like their, their friendship started on that mat. And it lasted to the point where they were like still like you know twenty odd years later getting pulled over by the cops like so it wasn't just one of those like you know kayfabe uh, storylines like those guys were like legit brothers in arms by the end of the day yeah I mean known each other most of their lives uh, who do you got for your number five Raphael I got the Hardys we kind of already touched on them but yeah they were just the baddest tag team. And that in that triple tag team TLC matches they would have were just epic, right? Yeah. <clears throat> what uh, <clears throat> what do you got for your number four? Uh, the Headbangers. Yes, I knew you were going to break them out. I knew you were going to break the Headbangers. I don't know why, man. They just stuck in my head a lot, and I just maybe it's because I got a figure in like some of the like of the packages I bought, like in the battle packages I bought as a kid. I don't know what it was. I just really liked them. They just got to do their own thing with the face paint, the skirts, the baldness. Punk I was going to say, do you have an affinity for a bald man in a skirt? Yeah, probably. I think I should just start rocking the skirt. <laughs> I wasn't going there, but hey, do your thing. Hey, it's 2018, <laughs> brother. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh. Ryan, you went what six five and four? I went uh, six five four, yeah. Okay, so my number four is the Dudley Boys, and I put the Dudleys higher into my top five because, well, not just because of what they did in the WWF, but because of their ECW days too. For yeah, me. well, you're a huge ECW guy. Yeah, for me, like I, I remember that. I remember the Dudley family, which almost made it into my faction. I was going to say yes. They played yes, a huge I role. Thing. That's awesome. Bubba got so he got loose on the mic so much they let him they let him go on the mic. Yeah, he, he was did. just epic how he would fuck with the crowd and just create legit heat with people. Like they incited yeah. riots and shit. So that's my number four. Ryan, what's your number three? Uh, Heart Foundation. Uh, my first member of them was their like. <sighs> 12 second something like that win over uh, the Bolsheviks when they were doing the Russian national anthem and they just attacked them from behind and they set the heart attack and that was it. And I had no idea who they were. And I was like, oh, wow, those guys are awesome. They beat up the bad guys. So cool. So I like them. Uh, their, uh, that Bret Hart was, uh, was Canadian. And like I aforementioned that, like, you know, so little talent was from Canada. So you stick to it and, you know those guys. Like everything about them was just fun. Like, and, and you had these two guys that were that were in an era where everyone's like just like roided up and everything. These two guys coming out in pink, yep. and the kind of except in WrestleMania two when they wore teal, which was kind of a which was weird. A, a weird. Yeah, you know, they, they, every time I watched that that battle royale, I'm like, what the 
have black and peel doesn't work, but that black and pink, like, every time I see it, just like it just everything about the Hart Foundation, like the rivalry with Demolition, with the with, when Jimmy Hart turned on them for the Nasty Boys, the rivalry with the Rockers. Um, yeah, they when, had a lot uh, of good work with the Rockers. They, so, they, I mean, they had so many un, like they were two time WWF champions and. That's in an era like with Demolition and and the Bulldogs and the Rockers, where there's so many good tag teams that even though there was even the Killer Bees were a good tag team back then. Like well, you could be a garbage Killer Bees. Yeah, like I mean, come on! Like, like there were so many good tag teams that it was easy to forget about certain ones, but the Hart Foundation just made sure that they made their impact, and and it stood out as Brett was able to be like one of the few guys that went single and went on a, a, a career-defining run. Like a guy like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, there's not too many guys that were in a tag team to start their career back in the 80s that define themselves as a singles wrestler. Like a lot of those guys were tag teams, and they're still tag teams 30 years later today fighting in, in like bar rooms just to make ends meet. Like Yeah. yeah. It, takes a special, it takes a special kind of character to – to go singles and, and and Jim Neidhart still had fun running, going with Owen afterwards, bringing back the, the Hart Foundation later on, the new foundation when he was with Owen and then the Hart Foundation. Like, like, yeah. I don't know, they were just a fun tag team back in the day. I remember the new foundation with their, their fucking bright colors and Horrible checkerboards. Name. Horrible name. They should never, like, don't call it the new foundation. Just, just call it Hart Foundation. Just, just go with it. Don't say new foundation. But... <laughs> right. Uh, Raphael. Uh, what number? Three. Yeah. APA. They were close to being on my list. Acolytes Protection Agency. Uh, Farouk and Bradshaw. Yep, they were this, close. This is a character. This is a character Bradshaw I can put up with just because he's supposed to be a dickhead, fucking. Bar I'm saying, guy. It's a character. This is Bradshaw being himself. Yeah. Well, it's him <laughs> turned up to ten. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't like the the whole hat one where he's like, I'm an investor. And like, no, you're not. Oh, JBL. Yeah, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. yeah and then they had uh, Farouk. So I thought that was awesome. Farouk's a badass. Ron goddamn Simmons. Yep. Ron's old school. Damn. Damn. Yeah, I always like, I like the APA. Uh, my number three, the Steiner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted to fit them in there and I couldn't. Loved the Steiner brothers, man. Well, that's because you're a big Michigan guy, right? They're my number yeah. two. Yeah, that's that's it. I love the University of Michigan. No. Jeff, I'm trying everything to get you to slip me the bird. It ain't working, man. There, thank you. Oh, it, it'll come <laughs> eventually. I mean, you. Yeah, I know. We still have two more. We have two more topics to get through. I got like, a couple Mich- birds. Today. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, the Steiner brothers were cool. Scott was, like, to see him doing the stuff he was doing back in the day as a big man, hitting the the Hurricane Rana and, you know, just whatever else. It was it was cool. They were they were a great tag team. Rick was just fun, barking like a dog. Actually, that, um, you know, um, the Caesars Palace WrestleMania, their match against the Head Shrinkers is one of, like, the – few matches that actually makes that card worth putting on once in a while. Yeah. The Head Shrinkers almost went on my list, too. They were a really good tag team. Both iterations of the Head Shrinkers were, were good. The original 
with Fatu and um, uh, Samu was great. But even when they brought in Barbarian as like Sioni, I think was his name or something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. They were him right. with with Fatu. They were still a really good tag team. The the old Samoan uh, SWAT team. So you said your number two was the Steiner brothers, Raph? Yeah, my yeah. Just because personally, they were again like a a, a face tag team that faced. Uh... The outsiders and they were feuding with them for the belts a little bit till till uh, Scott turned um or toward to the NWO yeah, when, eventually when he and then Rick ended yeah. up in the NWO yeah but they never yeah, re- right? they never reteamed him up yeah and they were just so technically good they were yeah they else. just worked good together Ryan what do you yeah. got for number two outsiders. I wanted to put them at number one. I just couldn't. Um, but they were, I mean, Hall and Nash were just so awesome. Yeah, they're like, my number one. As, as Diesel and Razor, they were awesome in WWF. That's where I kind of got to know them. And uh, like, I, like as I've already said, I didn't get to see WCW, so I never knew about everything. I just knew what the fake Diesel, fake Diesel and fake Razor. Yeah. I only That's all I knew. I knew that they that they left and it's there was Kane. some fake. It's Kane. It's Kane. Yeah. yeah, like that's all that I knew. Um, so I didn't really get to know much uh, of what was happening. And when I found out like how they were the true catalyst of the Monday Night Wars, even though their their run was long but short because once Hogan got involved, they weren't as much a tag team as it was <laughs> a faction, the NWO, and everything. They were still the outsiders within the NWO. Uh, there was so much that was happening at the same time. Uh, but they, their jump from WWF to WCW was so influential to everything that happened and to what really put wrestling back on the main screen for everyone to see and their their impact overall. I, I, there's only... Probably, I mean, if you look at my list, is obvious who my number one pick's going to be, but they were that close to being number one. Like you said, Raptor, you're number one. They were that close to being my number one. They were my number one just because I love Razor. I love Scott Hall. The NWO is my favorite faction of all time. F-H-P. My logo's huh. Full Hill, or NWO is from that. Supposedly. Supposedly, alle- allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <coughs> My number one. My number two was the Rockers. Wow, that's high, eh? Dude, I fucking loved the Rockers. Well, you got to remember, I'm I'm older than you. I'm older than you. No, so no, no, no. So I saw a lot no, of their era. I'm just like I just like the I just like that you put them that high because they were, like, they, like were I said, a, they were an amazing tag team. The way that Sean oh, and Marty oh, worked with each other, hundred percent. Yeah. So, that was my number two. Ryan, who's your number one? What a rush! Yep, my number one as well. It's gotta be the Ward Warriors, Legion of Doom, whatever you want to call them, like. Well, they were NWA, WCW, WF champions. They were, I mean, AWA. before the 
before the Dudleys came back and said, we have won an extra promotions title because they were ECW champs. Animal and Hawk had, they were the only team to win the tag titles in every organization. And to be real, Dudleys, I love them. They can say that they have won every organization's title, but they were gifted the NWA titles in TNA. Right. Those they, they thought that wasn't a real title. That was just a given to kind of put them over the edge as being one better than LOD. But LOD, when they went to WWF, they, there was WrestleMania's like, <clears throat> you understand, if you watch WrestleMania, they would interview the celebrities and then it would be matches. At WrestleMania, I'm going to butcher it. I'm going to say it was 1992. So I'm going to say it was WrestleMania 7, but I think I'm wrong on it. They actually did a, a segment where all they did was interview the Legion of Doom for signing wwf like that like that would that never happened before that point before it was always celebrities no one knew like you didn't know who lod was unless you were following different promotions different territories i want to say i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off oh no no you're good you're good go i was just gonna say i want to say that that the lo or the road warriors have won five organizations i want to say they won a new japan I think they were tag team champions in New Japan for a little while. I think you're right. But NWA for sure, AWA in Minnesota, WWF, WCW, and NW and and New Japan would be five. I may be wrong. They may not have been tag, but I think they were tag team champions at one point in New Japan. I think I feel I I just remember seeing someone was like the Dudley Boy. Oh, maybe the Dudley had more total reigns. Maybe. There was some of the Dudley Boys had done something in TNA that put them over LOD, and it may have been total reigns. I mean, that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe not promotions. But I mean, like, like I don't know. Like, come on, you tag team it's LOD. Get out of here. Right. I mean, I like, like, like rap, like rap. You know, I, you said your number one is uh, is outsiders, and you can't deny them because they were so integral and they're so groundbreaking. But when it comes to tag teams, like. It started off really with uh, with Tully and Iron, and then it was handed off to the Road Warriors, and they held that baton for like 25 years before anyone touched them. Yeah, I mean, you basically covered everything that I had, so it it, it had to be the LOD. Just had to. I'm I'm a lot younger than you guys. I'm not a lot younger, but I'm younger than you guys. Right. Understandable. I mean I maybe make it sound like me and Jeff are going out to the old retirement home to look for our rooms tomorrow morning. God damn right. A lot younger, a lot younger, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> you guys want to do factions? Yeah. Uh you wanna start off? I'm gonna take a quick dip out. Yeah, yeah. Um We'll uh we'll do these. Um We'll go a couple at a time each just to kind of move it along because we're already at it almost an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my number 10 was the BWO just because it was a funny gimmick to me and I wanted to show some ECW love. But Stevie, Meanie, uh, Nova... Like Stevie and Meanie had been coming out as different wrestlers gimmicks for a minute. And then like they did what was it? 
Stevie Dunn, like Baron Von Raschke. Then they just decided one night to do the the NWO. It was supposed to be a, a one night only thing, and it, and it stuck. Yep, because it went over like a motherfucker with the crowd, and there it was, the BWO. Then uh, my number nine, I had the Dungeon of Doom. There was a lot of crappy gimmicks in the Dungeon of Doom, but there were also some pretty good uh, wrestlers like like Ming and the Barbarian and the Giant. Um, Kevin Sullivan too But then you had guys like the fucking Zodiac Which was Brutus the Barber Beefcake With some face paint Because Hogan got him a job <laughs> <laughs> And uh, oh God, I think the Yeti I think the Yeti was with the Dungeon of Doom but yeah. yeah I think you're right Yeah the Dungeon of Doom And then uh, I'll do my number 8 which was the brood the brood yeah i mean just because it was a launching pad for edge and christian yep mm-hmm. but also they had a pretty fucking badass entrance yeah my uh 10 is sanity they're a young young tag team that has a huge do or not even a tag team uh they had they got a girl in it okay. uh, i forget her name what the fuck's her name shit i'm so high right now i've been smoking this whole episode me too. I just brought um, another bowl. Yeah, but then they got Eric Young from Ring of Honor, and I think he was in TNA. No, I think he was yeah, in TNA. He was in TNA. Old yeah, U- so they UI. got him from there. He was on Team Canada. Yeah, and Pete then they Williams. have uh, Killian Dean, which is a big Irish dude, and they're a young tag team or faction that comes out with like their face covered up and like kind of like Mad Max style, kind of like dark clothing, like kind of like but, uh, new stuff. Oh, it's Nikki Cross. Yeah. The girl's name is Nikki Cross, and their name is Sanity, and they they got like a badass, like grungy ass song coming into like it's it's sick, and they got fog coming out, the lights go out, their searchlights going out everywhere, and they're just like all insane apparently. But they're a new tag team. I, back I almost got into a fight in a way with Eric Young. Mm-hmm. He worked as a server at Applebee's. In Windsor, when he was working for BCW, which is uh, Border City Wrestling. I don't know if you ever uh, know what that one is, Jeff. No. <clears throat> it was uh, like a cross promotion. I think it was like a Windsor, Detroit thing. I okay. can't think of the guy's name. But uh, like that's where Bobby Roode got his start and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but so, so, so my, my good friend of mine, so I, I was running a restaurant and she was working in the kitchen and She's telling me this, the service, and I'm like, why are you letting a server? You're working the kitchen. You run the show. She goes, okay, come up for dinner with me. I'll show him to blah, blah, blah. And he comes in, and he starts giving my friend a hard time at dinner. And I get into this fucking shit with this guy. And I'm putting him in this yell, Like, not yelling, but I'm like, putting him in his place as a customer. And he's like, whoa, whoa, who are you, blah, blah, blah. And I start giving him all my credentials. Is it, you know, all my chefs and this and that, blah, blah, blah. Fucking cowers off. Fast forward like eight months, uh, Bret Hart and what well, was the Hart Foundation were doing a special appearance at a BCW show, and me and my buddy got tickets to it to go and meet them, and we were watching the show. This little fucking little pipsqueak walks in, I'm like, oh, oh, fucking Eric Young, oh, I remember you. I remember when you were a little waiter and you were fucking trying to be a big shot, <laughs> and I fucking put you in your place and you cowered off with your tail between your legs. Uh... <laughs> Ryan fucking Ryan shot on fucking Eric Young. 
And this is this is like way pre TNA days too. Like this is like way back when. But fucking, who is your? Uh, so uh, sorry, I'm catching up. Uh, so rap had sanity. Yeah, that was my ten, and then nine was uh, Wyatt family. I don't know if you guys know too much about the Wyatt family. They're yeah, kind of a newish. little bit. They, they, a little bit. They separated them way too young. They had really good wrestlers, really good big guys, and they had a good uh, story and a good mouthpiece and wrestler in Rick Wyatt, but they didn't know what to do with them, and they fucked it all up. He's fucking uh, IRS's kid, I think. Yeah, IRS's kid. And uh, who? Uh, his brother, Bo Dallas, right? Bo Dallas, yeah, his brother's yeah. Bo Dallas. Yeah, and then my number eight would be the Radicals. Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko, and uh, Chris Benoit. Nice, good choice. Yeah, as, uh, right before you got up, I was I was telling Raph we're gonna just do like a, like three at a time, kind of speed it okay, up a little cool. bit, just because we're. So where were you? Where were you? Right. I had, I had uh, the BWO, the Dungeon of Doom, nice. and the Brood. Okay. So, all right, so my uh, my ten to eight, I had corporation. Nice. I wanted to put them higher, but I couldn't justify it because they were the rock, and then it was you know Vincent Shane just spewing, and there was not really much to them as much as it was just like Vincent the Rock. Right. Uh, the Heart Foundation. Uh, I threw them in there. Like they didn't do a, a lot. They weren't given a lot of time. They kind of, they came around after SummerSlam and they were gone by Survivor Series. Their run was too short to really, like what they did was huge. You know, they, they kind of, they, they kickstarted the Attitude Era, but they, they weren't able to really get a good run because everything that happened with the screw job. Uh, and one of my favorites, and I wish I put it higher, but the Ministry of Darkness. They I love... Close. I love the Undertaker when because they were like the NWO of WWF because it was it was just the Undertaker and Paul and Paul Bear and then he brought in the Brood and he brought in the APA and he brought in Midian and he brought in, it was a it was a slowly one superstar at a time how, how NWO did it and then slowly one person would leave and then they died with the almost like the Wolf Pack broke away from NWO the corporation was brought into the ministry. And that kind of killed it all off. But as, like, with the with the ministry had a lot of like awesome moments. Like the, 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 the you guys talked about the Raven Sandman crucifixion. Yeah. But when they mm-hmm. crucified Stephanie and they crucified Stone Cold and then they hung uh, Big Boss Man at WrestleMania, like they had all those awesome moments and like they were just like I mean that like I, that thing I posted to the uh, Full Heel podcast page. Uh. All the Undertaker's different looks. Yeah, it's that the Ministry one is like it's it for me. Like that was like the Undertaker to me. Like that was him at his prime. Ministry was a was a yeah was a cool faction. Little little fucking some scary shit. That hanging the boss man thing was fucking weird. Same when when the brood dropped through the hell in a cell and they bring the news and else and they lift up the cage and like. Knowing all like the magician stunts and how it's done, now it's like kind of lame. Right. But at the time, it's like, God damn, this is ground for they're hanging this because some like, bitch. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I remember that. Um, 
my number six, I had the Dangerous Alliance. Uh, originally, it was the what I thought of it was the WCW version, but then I forgot that Polly had the Dangerous Alliance in ECW too at the beginning. But he had he had three different ones too. Yeah, on the AWA or NWA before the WCW one. Yeah. I, can't remember who was in that one, but the the one I was thinking most of was the WCW one with Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Bobby Fulton, oh. um, or Bobby Eaton. I can't remember who the other one was, but and then in ECW he had nine one one Sabu and Taz. So number five, the Nation of Domination, the birthplace of the Rock, Farouk, yep. leading Farouk the leader. Uh, Mustafa, formerly fucking Papa Shango, <laughs> and then after after that he was the Godfather, the Godfather. Of his host. Yeah. yeah, Infinity Easy Boys. Mark Henry was introduced into there too. Yep, yep. D'Lo Brown, and then uh, what's his name got kicked out? Farouk Ahmed Johnson. Oh yeah. Oh, Ahmed. that's right, Ahmed. Yeah, it was... too weak. It was started, like, originally it was started to, as a, a spot to really try to push Farouk. Yeah, because, like, I, <laughs> Raf and me talked about it on the, when I was on his show, but um, when they did the, before the DOA and, and uh, Los Bariquas, when Savio Vega was in there with Crush and they had, like, the little rap group and had, like, the, they had lawyers with them. They had Clarence Mason. They had a they had fucking Clarence they had a Mason and with them. PG-13. Yeah, like what is like? Oh man! Then the dude from PG thirteen got hooked on meth. Honestly, like to me, it was uh, just after they broke up and right before The Rock joined. That was when it was like the peak for me. Like, that was like the nation at its strong. Like the Rock, when The Rock went in there, you kind of knew what was going to be happening. But like, it was so good. Like yeah, that launching pad for those. <clears throat> the faction war that they had for a while. Yeah. And then uh, <clears throat> number four, the Heart Foundation. Because I like Bret Hart. I like Owen Hart. Yeah. And British Bulldog. Okay. Personalization kicks ass. Yeah. Yeah. So, Raphael? Uh, what was it? Four through six. So, six, I had the ministry. They were just nice. badass. Uh, number five, I had the LWO. Eddie Guerrero's answer to the NWO and an actual storyline that bled into wrestling gimmick because he was having he he wasn't having it. He's like, fuck this shit. He's like, we're carrying the shows and you guys are the ones closing them and getting paid. And he's like, we want we want to close out the shows. We want a main event. We want to get paid. And that was an actual feud he had with Bischoff and then they fixed it up, and then they came in and they did the LWO angle, where he recruited all the luchadors and wanted justice. I almost wanted to put the LWO on there, but I didn't want to take it from you because I knew, like, I'd be like, that's, hey, why, I put the heart, that's why I didn't put the Heart Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I, like, I picked the LWO because they didn't like the NWO, and that would have been like the lamest reasoning ever. So I'm like, right. a rap take. It's gonna be more for him. That's why I picked the BWO. 
<laughs> That's why I didn't pick the BWO because I knew about them afterward. Well, they became. I knew the Blue Meanie before, like, and then after I the, knew he did the BWO. The, the Job Squad. Oh God! Don't which, even start with those guys. Which, Al Snow and Hardcore Holly. Yeah. All good workers, but just like why? Come Meanie. On. Well, Meanie was in the. Uh, wasn't he a jo- in the Job Squad too? And Stevie. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, it was the BWO. I think. Well, Nova did wasn't in it because he was being Simon Dean. Douchebag. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. What do you got? Number four. and then number four was the Shield, an earlier or newer one. Dean Ambrose, uh, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. They're uh, they're pretty good. Like different version of NWO, just because it's a trio and they came in dominating and they're like a little group. Came out through the crowd. Yeah. Like fucking Sandman. Just not drunk. <laughs> Just not oh, drunk. Not, not that we know of. We don't know. Oh. <laughs> Dean Ambrose, maybe. cracking open. <laughs> Ryan? So, I, number seven. Uh, yeah, my uh, seven was uh, Dangerous Alliance, which Jeff already talked about. I always thought those guys were fucking so good. Um... Number six, I went Freebirds. I always love going back and watching some of the old uh, Freebirds uh, fights. Like, they're so innovative uh, in that three-man tag team. Like anyone could defend the championship. The Freebird rule, like that was like, like, it was so unheard of that two guys could win the title, but because they had a friend that they hung out with, he, eh, you know, he's going to be the champion for the night. He's going to go out there and defend the belt, like it. The, the new day uses it now. I think it was used in WCW a couple of times. It's it's a rare thing, but like the Freebirds, I don't know, they just they broke the mold for what a faction could be, being lower to mid card. They weren't necessarily the upper card, even though they had upper card matches. They were always the tag team champions. And then I went, uh, I went the Heenan family. Uh, I wanted to put them higher. I wish I could have, but I didn't. Like. To me, their run from about 88 to 91, 92, and it was like, you know, you know, like Haku, Barbarian, Andre the Giant, Mr. Perfect, Ric Flair, uh, uh, Brooklyn Brawler was even in on that. Like, they, that's an. The, yeah, brain, like, the Brain Busters were part of the Heenan. Yeah, like, yeah, he was, yeah like, he was just. I don't know, Bobby the Brain, like, he, I mean, he just basically just managed a couple of different guys and just the Heenan family. Like they were, and and if you go back and watch any of the old pay per views, they would all be doing the interview at the same time, even if only one guy on the card was fighting. They'd all be there, and the only thing we'd see them on camera was at the interview, and then they wouldn't even make an interference in a match. But they were all there together. Yep. All the different iterations of the Freebirds. It's a good choice. I didn't even think about the Freebirds. I just realized that I think we skipped our number sevens, Raph. Yeah, we did, but it <laughs> what it'll it? work out because we'll go three, two, one. Yeah. Um, I had the varsity club at number seven, but anyway, uh, three, two, one. I'm sure they're pretty much all the same, just in different orders. I had the Brutus seven too. That's why I skipped over them. That's why I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Uh, I had DX, NWO, and the Four Horsemen. 
I had I left the Four Horsemen out because they weren't my era. I like the Four Horsemen. I've gone back and seen them a lot. My era was more seeing Ric Flair by himself, but mine is Bullet Club DX at NWO. Bullet Club, sorry. Bullet Club. <laughs> so I'm going. I'm going four to one then. Yeah. So I went number four as Evolution because I thought that they were. Triple H had a really sneaky way of showing the audience. Like, it, it, okay, so today's WWF is all about uh, the trueness of it all, right? Like the Twitter and everything. You could access at all times. But the evolution was the, his way of showing you what goes on backstage. The old guys, the current guys, the future. I thought that was a really cool way of, uh, of showing him. And even putting the belts on a specific way, building them up and taking them out the way that it would happen in real life was a kind of a uh, fun way. And then I went four horsemen number three because I missed out on them. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, Arn, Tully, uh, Rick, uh, Jeff, help me here. Holy or Barry Windham. Holy, thank you. Depending yeah, on which yeah, one. Holy. Uh, like those guys are just so... Just should tell me that one. No, I, yeah. accept, I accept Barry Windham. It's just... For That's me, the one that was in my toy set, brother. That's I don't what. know, but like I said before, I think it's I think they leave Oli out because Oli was never part of the company. Where Barry yeah, Barry had multiple runs in WCW or WWF, so they own his rights. He signed them shit. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were so integral to where wrestling was back in the seventies, eighties, to and all that stuff. But I, I I missed it, so I went a bit lower and. Kind of like my uh, my tag teams, my ten nine, my factions one two are interchangeable. When NWO two DX one, DX only because I was a WWF guy growing up. Uh, NWO was obviously the thing. But hey, brother! Me, it was all the click. It was all, it was the, all click. the click. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Like to me, like I will never forget putting on Raw that one Monday night. There's Road Dog and Badass and X Pac and China and Triple H and that yeah. section. That section yeah. over there is the quick section. They, they're in army gear, and why are they in a tank? And why are they driving up in in Atlanta? Like, what's going on? Like, I'll never forget that moment when they invaded WCW. Like, that to me is like that's it. Yeah, yep. that yeah, like that's just... like one of like, the biggest defining moments of the Attitude Era to me. And that's what. Like I said, DX and, and, and NWO are interchangeable in a lot of ways, but because I was a WWF guy growing up, I had to give DX the edge. Plus, Triple H beat Sting to end the war. So. Horseshit. NWO is <laughs> my one because I loved Razor Ramon. I loved Diesel. And then they went over and then they put Hogan, which was an icon. And I... I, I it spilled over, but as a kid, I liked how it, it did take over. And then you don't know the politics behind it as a kid. And then you grow up and you see what actually happens. And you're kind of like, damn, it's fucked up. <laughs> right. As a kid growing up, you're like, damn, this is awesome. Yeah. It was the coolest shit. And then when and, you get and over... that, that, that's why they're my number one, just because I, I followed those two guys over, over to there. And then they added Hogan and it was just, they added Sting. Everyone just jumped over into them. Like I liked it as a kid. But, you know. I was much more of a fan of DX and the NWO over the Horsemen 
to me, it was just what the horsemen did, especially what's considered the two classic eras. Um, as far as everybody in the faction holding a belt at the same time, and I don't know some of the different members that they had. Even though fuck them, they're not really horsemen, but well, that's it. I think that's the other thing that I didn't like with the horsemen was that. If you look up the horsemen, I mean, they just take a, a, a Wikipedia and it has, a, you know, you can go down to it. It says like uh, members error or something like that. And you'll see like Ole and Arn, Tully and Rick. And there's a little break in the line. And then you see a different color and it's, you know, Terry uh, Windsor. There's another one. You get these all these different guys. It's like Benoit. Wait, come on. Steve Mongo McMichael. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah, the, when, when the, they, the latter the latter versions of the Horsemen were horseshit. Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit at, at, at back then had horse like they they all oh. thought he was a horse like felt he was Horseman material. And, but, but the thing is, is like, is like the, I think also the one thing with DX was like you had Sean and Triple H cool, you know Sean retires, Rick gets screwed over, Rick Rude's gone, Sean's gone. They bring out X Pac and they went to the New Age Outlaws and that was it. When when Triple H turned on the on, on DX, it wasn't like okay, here's so and so to replace. Like it was it. Like DX just broke up. It was the Ward Warriors. You had X Pac doing his thing, and like they just ended it. And then that's that's more to Vince McMahon just saying like, here's the storyline. It's gonna end here, and that's it. If you like, whereas before, like WCW it was just like okay, we're gonna add this guy to this faction, this guy to that one. We're gonna break these guys and split them and do this and that. Like. They ended it the right way. They didn't let things get. They didn't let them go too long. Get stale. They kept it fresh. Well, the thing was though, because that they. I mean, the Horsemen ended for a while when Rick and when Rick left and then came back, but they didn't restart the Horsemen until later on, and, and it was kind of just to to keep Rick and Arn going because they, they wanted to retire Rick back then in the fucking nineties. Yeah. Rick Mercer, retired I, now. I was surprised when I saw the documentary. So when they were trying to get him into retirement, he's like, oh, I'll go to WWF and get their belt too. Yeah. But they were trying, they were, they, they felt like Rick was washed up then. So, they end up they're bringing back the uh, the horsemen with like Benoit and shit and Henning and stuff like that. It was just something to try to keep Rick going and make him relevant because they had already seen him and Hogan battle so many times when they first brought Hogan in. They beat that horse. So yeah, um. We'll save the the last topic for another show because it's late and Ryan has to get up even earlier than I do. Yeah, well, you guys are an hour ahead of me. <laughs> so, uh, final thoughts, anybody? Ryan, you got anything? Yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to all the ladies in the audience. No. Uh, happy Women's Day to all the women in the in the average Joe's lives, to the wives, the sisters, the cousins, aunts, moms, anyone that it met left out. Happy Women's Day. 
And I'm going to give a kind of shameless self-aware like thing, but it's Canada. But Canada had a big unveiling today as they put uh, 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 Viola Desmond on their $10 bill. And Viola Desmond is the Canadian Rosa Parks. In uh, Nova Scotia back in the day, she bought a movie ticket and it was for the floor. And when she went to sit down, the manager said, nope, no colored people allowed on the floor. She went back to the ticket booth. They said, we didn't say that ticket. She said, yes, you did. And she refused to leave. It was uh, the black mirror, the dark mirror. Some, uh, I think it was the dark mirror. And uh, she refused to leave. And she sat down in her seat. She watched the movie. She was arrested with her husband. Uh, but she was a huge civil rights activist for, for black people in Canada. Uh, in new, uh, started off in New Glasgow, uh, Nova Scotia, and it was announced a year or two ago that she was going to be put on a bill, and uh, the $10 bill today was unveiled with her likeness on it. And what is uh, amazing is that the person that she's replacing is Canada's first prime minister, who recently stories have come out about his uh, racial background. So Canada's basically saying, like, you know, this guy here, he was our first prime minister, but he was a bigot. So his person taking the spot, a black woman who fought for civil rights. And I couldn't see a better person on a better day to have that unveiling. So yeah. Viola Davis, Viola Davis, I know she's passed away, but I raise a drink to her, salute her and thank her for everything that she's done uh, for people across Canada. All right, Canada. Good jobs, you 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 get and uh, and, and and John Davis. Uh, uh, you know, hopefully you guys can get the uh, the native killing bigot Andrew Jackson after twenty uh, sometime soon. All right. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. shit! It just got real up in here. No, 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 no. John had posted uh, when I uh, he commented to my post and said how uh, the guy in the twenty dollar bill in America was a native killing slave owner, and I didn't realize that with Andrew Jackson. So hopefully America can take a cue and to get him off the bill and like make some you know show some brightness in this world and get some crap off. That'd be great. So, I don't expect it under the Trump administration though. Well, he's gonna be on the one dollar bill soon, right? And the ten and the five hundred twenty. <laughs> Forty-five. I'm gonna need the nomination. <laughs> Fuck forty. It's gonna be a new bill. It's gonna be a great bill. It's gonna be an amazing bill. You can the buy anything bill. with that bill. <laughs> Million. Can't own it. You're American. You can't own it though if you're Mexican. You have to be an American. <laughs> oh, Rafael, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah I got. Yeah. I was born here. I'm lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones. <laughs> He'll still try to deport you. Yeah, he, he still hates me, but you know it'll be a little bit harder. He's the oh, I got, the, I got the, I got the papers. They'll be like, "What papers?" Yeah. Right. <laughs> be like, "Holy shit, man!" We don't see any stinking papers. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, at least I know Spanish. There's some fucking people getting deported that don't know Spanish that live here the whole lives that don't have papers, and now they go I back heard- there and they don't know how to speak the language. I heard what there was a guy that I saw in the news probably a month or two ago. Yeah, this guy had like a wife and, and kids. He's lived here like you know, 30 odd years, 40 years, and he's being deported. Like he's literally had a career 
from start to finish in America, and he's being sent out because he's Mexican. Yeah. Because he didn't have his papers in order, despite everything else. Like, and they don't speak the language there, and they're going to a whole different environment just because you were born on this side of the line, or you're you weren't allowed to be born on this side of, the, or no, you sh- you were born on the other side of the line. You can't cross. But I'm the I got the same blood. My parents just walked over here, boop boop boop, pop me out over here, <laughs> and I'm legal. <laughs> It's a fucked up world we live in. Yeah. Fucked up world, buddy. Yeah, yeah I make some changes. That's, that's why I don't have kids. You're safe in Canada. I, that's yeah. why I like just watch like Ninja Turtles and Batman because there's no hate in that. But happy Women's Day. I love you, Mom. Everyone should tell your mom. You should tell your moms you love them more. Not just today. Every, beautiful. Every day. It's beautiful. All right. That's going to wrap it up. I think we're going to put a bow on this. <laughs> I forgot to get the music queued up. And, of course, it fucking stopped. God damn it. Uh, it was a good day. It was a good day. It was a good day. I didn't have to use my AK. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Ryan, thanks for joining us. See you guys on Tuesday. Ha ah, Ryan will be back on Tuesday. Boom. Boom. <laughs> it was a good day. All right, guys. Well, for Raphael and Ryan, I'm Jeff. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Up, shake em up, shake em Roll em in a circle of niggas and watch me break em with the 7, 7-Eleven seven,